The following program contains names, places, and events that have been anonymized or fictionalized for the purposes of protection and safety. The following program is provided for entertainment purposes only, and any commentary from the hosts are strictly conjecture and should not be held as making any definitive statements about the truth or identity of any particular individuals or circumstances. If you or a loved one are involved in an abusive relationship, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 for support. Hi. Hi. <laughs> there listen, there has been a huge response to Bitcoin boyfriend so much so that Bitcoin boyfriend was featured on Spotify. If you guys didn't oh, see yeah. our story. <laughs> We're so cool. It's like an editor's pick and it's so cool. And thank you for sharing it and talking to your friends about it. Some people wrote us that they like, they're all the girls at their work. all talk about it and have a little, I was like, it's like a book club, but a podcast club. That's so cute. But it's also so nice that these stories make you talk to people because I think we do kind of need community to process all these stories. Cause it's like, damn, these people are crazy. Yeah. And we're, we're just really honored that like, it was, it, it was really, a, it's a really crazy story. Like I'm, I, we're so grateful that you guys share them with us. And so anyways, I'm like, everybody seemed to be really blown away by this story. But we do have some like, we can't, we, I wish I could tell everybody everything. We can't tell everybody everything, but we have heard of more people involved in the Bitcoin boyfriend's case. He is not a one and done kind of dogfish. He has really affected a lot of people and we are not going to stop digging until we find the truth about this asshole. So as we go in this process, we're going to try to keep our Patreon subscribers updated as much as we can about what we're finding. But until we have like hard evidence or hard answers for things, that will come in later episodes for everybody, of course. But if you are really interested in that particular Bitcoin boyfriend dogfish story and what we continue to find, that's going to be on Patreon for a little while. But it's not fun to find out more about this guy, but we got to do it. And I hope that we can take him down. <laughs> okay. So that's last week. Go listen if you haven't listened, but this week we have another story. It's very sad. I'll, yeah. There's a couple things in it, like just to be aware as you go, like there's definitely some abuse and some pregnancy related trauma that comes up. I don't want to give everything away, but just be aware that, yeah, this person is so brave to share their story. They definitely went through a terrible abusive relationship. And I just want everybody to protect their hearts as they go into it. But it's an important story. And they were a great, great guest to share it. We didn't know what trigger warnings to put out there. So just all the trigger warnings. Yeah. Like just, just know that this this episode may be sensitive for some people. This is a, this is a doozy, as we always say, but it's always true. Yeah, it's a doozy. So let's get into it. Are you guys ready? Because I am. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. We want to give you the floor. So go ahead and take it away for us. Okay. So this story starts when I was 27 years old and decided to move to a new city. I had decided to move from Southeast itty bitty little Texas to, to the Pacific Northwest. I had been managing a chain of local cell phone stores 
And I hated life at that point. Eight months to a year earlier had just gotten out of like an insanely abusive situation. So I was like, I don't want to be here. So I picked New York, New Orleans and Portland. And Portland called me back in like 12 minutes when I sent my resume. And I was like, oh, cool. That way. And so you didn't know anyone in Portland. You just wanted to get out of Texas. I didn't know no one in the city, but I knew almost no one. I had aunts and a couple of cousins that were like just outside the city. It's not like I had an especially amazing relationship or at least not an especially established one. They're great people. It's just not especially close. I did not consider that when I moved. So I moved and I was 27. And in the back of my poor little Southern Baptist brain, I was like, oh shit, I'm losing time on finding a dude and having kids. So that was part of my focus, which sounds ridiculous now. But coming from the background that I did, it felt like that was the most important thing in the world at the time. I'm 28 and I I feel like that sometimes. Thank you for saying it sounds ridiculous because that makes me feel better about it. But I relate. (laughs) That tick should not be as loud as it is for women. So like a month or so into me being there, I download this dating app. We meet Jacob on Meet Me. And on his profile, he was like, hey, I'm, you know, a very devout Christian. And I was religious, so this appealed to me. What I didn't realize was the difference in our understandings of the word devout. I was like, cool, devout in the Northwest versus devout in the Bible Belt, two vastly different things. So in my brain, like devout is about where I'm sitting, which is reasonably devout, but, you know, not closed off to new ideas. But I don't realize this at the time. So we start talking and eventually we decide to meet up in person. So we meet up to hang out. And I was like, this is in the middle of the Pokemon Go phrase. Oh, my gosh. Do you guys remember what Pokemon Go was? Pokemon Go was where you had the app and the Pokemon and you would literally go all over the place to catch them. Got to catch them all the Pokemon. Like, it was wild. It was great. It got us all out of our houses to go on long walks. (laughs) And it works so well. Oh, yeah. Now I know exactly like which summer this is. Like you've you've put us right. It's so funny how that was like a cultural moment. Please tell me your first date was like a poke. Poke date? Absolutely. It was a pokey date? Oh, my God. I meet him at the Starbucks. It is also a pokey stop. So we start walking from there and we're doing the Pokemon Go thing. And the conversation is going great. And I'm kind of surprised how much I like this dude. Then he goes, hey, just to let you know, I spent some time in prison. And I said, okay. Oh, this is first date. First date. First, okay, first so meetup. Like super very, very up, you know, looks to be very upfront. And I was like, okay, you going to do it again? No. I was like, cool. <laughs> Did you harm anybody? And he goes, no. And I was like, all right. I think we have reached the end of where my business is in this, at least in this setting. Right. Wait, wait, wait. Because you've told me. Not the end of my business. What did he do? I didn't ask. I didn't, didn't ask. ask. Yeah. Okay. Wow, you're very respectful. Well, yeah, I was like, in that moment, because he didn't know where I live. I didn't know if I was establishing like, like a full-on thing with this human being or not. And he was so upfront. I just figured, you know, I'm glad he's being honest. If this goes further, I'll get more information. But for now, this is okay with me. I see that you yeah. could, yeah, you could be like, okay, it's early and I trust that He's communicating this in a way that feels okay. Your gut wasn't like firing off like, ooh, I got to run away. No, it was, hey, I just want to make you aware. And I'm a little embarrassed. That's how it came off. Okay. Did he say when he had 
been in prison? Later on, I asked the duration and he was like, I was Mm -hmm. in for 10 years and I got out about eight months ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's not a short stint. I said, okay. So we're a little cautious about this because, you know, eventually that behavior usually comes out in some form or fashion. And I just got out of an abusive relationship over a year ago at this point. I know what to look for, right? Like we've learned from our mistakes. Mm -hmm, We've had some therapy. (laughs) Way, way too sure of ourselves at this point. (laughs) So I'm just like, I'm going to take this slow, but I do keep seeing him. So from the first point that we met, we met up several times and we'd go to church together like every Sunday. I was like, okay, there's the false sense of security right there. It lulls you in. Mm, okay. I can totally see that. Yeah, that seems like your values like perfectly align. That would seem mm-hmm. perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And we were doing Bible study at least once a week in the middle. I was like, okay, this is absolutely a schedule that I, I recognize because that's go every Wednesday in the South and go every Sunday. And after a month or so of that kind of schedule of seeing him, he asked me on a more official date. And at this point, I feel like I know him more. I'm more comfortable. We have the same kinds of values. And I haven't really seen any behavior from him that's giving any red flags. So I say yes. And that first date was actually my birthday. So our first official date, he comes over and he has planned the entire day, which I had not had done for me ever at that point. And he brings over like a little glass, like a little crystal cup filled with multicolored pens because my neurodivergent ass is so excited about the the gel pens. It is ridiculous. I don't know what it is with my thing in stationary, but (laughs) it's there. I mean, that's that's sweet. Mackenzie knows I'm a romantic, which doesn't always work for these stories, but I hear stuff like that. And I'm like, (laughs) damn it. That was sweet. I know that to turn into a bad thing. Eventually, yes. Just hang on for it. Because in his card, in the happy birthday card that he got me, was the Song of Solomon. And it was, I have found that which whom my soul loves. But I was like, oh, the feels. You're like, oh boy. You're down bad at that point. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is a very good way to start off a birthday. And then we go to like an adult arcade. It's got an arcade and like laser tag and the bumper boats and batting cages and the- Dave and Buster's. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Like a little bit like Love Gameworks that. or something. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have to go by his parents' house because it's closest to to print off the tickets. And he's like, Hey, hang out in the car. I was like, No, I'm going in. And he's like, My parents are home. And I was like, that's cool. I can meet them too. So he's like, okay. smart." So we walk in. He goes upstairs to print off the tickets. And his dad is set up in the middle of the living room watching an obnoxiously loud TV, which has golf on it, which is the world's most boring sport to watch. Oh my God. My dad used to watch it all the time. It is really boring. So boring. And also funny that he's like so loud. Like it's hard to make golf that disruptive. (laughs) It is. Did you meet them? I did. He stopped long enough to go, hey, this is Alex. You know, this is who I've been seeing. We talked about her, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, I have already been mentioned solid wins. I am at least a topic. Okay, I like it. So his mom, you know, comes up and she's this itty bitty little tiny, soft spoken woman around Jacob and his dad, who are very loud just kind of an interesting dynamic but i i meet both of them and me and his dad are kind of 
quipping back and forth, like got along right away and they seemed to really like me. So that was really nice. And then, you know, we leave and go to the little arcade and do mini golf and, and batting cages, that kind of thing. So the date goes great. And we start discussing actual relationship because we were at the age that, you know, you either date to marry or you just don't bother. And you mentioned that you were already kind of anxious about your timeline. At yeah, this point, do we know, what does he do for a living at this point? And also, why was he in jail? I was, I need to, I'm still like, mm, why was he in jail? <laughs> oh, prison, not So jail. many questions. So Answer much. Answer them, prison. Alex, and we have demands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one do you want first? Because I imagine at this point, you talk about it. I have tra- asked, starting yes, to get into a relationship. Have, yeah. I have, in fact, asked. And he goes, there was a misunderstanding with my first girlfriend's dad. I was 19. She was 17. And we left the state. And her dad got mad. And he had powerful friends. And I was like, those things are things. Especially, like, in the early 2000s. And I -hmm. can't find this stuff online. Like, I can't verify that anything was filed. Like, it was extremely difficult to find. Hmm. So. Interesting. He went to prison for kidnapping. And when this story was Kidnapping who? The 17-year-old girlfriend. 17-year-old girlfriend. And he says that the dad kind of got his powerful people to, like, make it a bigger thing than it was. Yep. And not to mention... When this conversation is happening, it's happening at his house with his parents. Oh, okay. So his parents back up this, his what he's parents telling you, back which up. feels... Yep. Oh. His parents are backing him up? His parents are backing him up. And yeah. he, his mom makes the side comment. She was like, I talked to the woman at the police station and she said, you know, that girl wasn't even hurt. She's fine. I don't know what the big deal is. Was there, because oh. he's 19 and she was 17, like, were there any laws with the age gap? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't, it wasn't the age. It was like, the why was brought it... a minor over state lines? And it ended up being federal at that point. Oh my gosh. Okay. But, okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Like, you can absolutely see how this could be a plausible explanation, especially considering they are absolutely consistent in this story. Oh God. Like, they basically okay. just gas light it away okay yeah no this sounds if so he's living with his parents and that seems like a like for some people obviously like living with your parents might seem like a red flag but i feel like after someone's been in prison that long it's kind of a green flag where it's like okay and he's told you like life. hey i just got out of he's prison like i'm living with my parents which makes sense he's not established mm-hmm. after prison right well, yeah and if you have a federal charge is he working it's a, yes he is you have to be released to someone's custody, don't you? Yes. You had to, he had federal check-ins and all that wonderful jazz, but he was released into his parents' custody. Okay. And what was he doing for work? He was a personal trainer. Oh, okay. So was he like jacked, like really buff? Yes. Yes, I am a little shallow. <laughs> <laughs> she just took a swig from her drink after she said that. I'm a little shallow. No big deal. <laughs> we all have it. Okay, so as you guys know, I'm a mama. Sometimes it gets really busy. And when it comes to eating well, sometimes it can be really hard to get some food on the table. I love Daily Harvest because I love that when they send you your box, 
they have all of your meals right there ready to go. So the box that I got had a super easy meal and I have to tell you about it. It's my absolute favorite. It was called the white bean and spinach pesto. And when I tell you for coming in a cold box and being like just packaged and ready to go, it was freaking delicious. And it gives you on the package different things that you can add with it, like chicken or shrimp or whatever. And I totally added shrimp in mine. It was so good. And all you have to do is basically just put this meal together the way that it says to. It makes it so, so, so easy. It takes the guesswork out and it takes the effort out of cooking. You guys know that I am not the cooker in my house, my husband is, but I was able to make this really easily and it was actually really delicious. Hannah got one too. Hannah, what did you get? What did you yes. like in your box? I got the same pasta and also was obsessed. And I was excited that they had pasta because I think I assumed that Daily Harvest was more like smoothie salad only, but they have so many other options. But I do love smoothies. I have smoothies all the time. And what I loved about, I got a mint cacao smoothie. And what? I'm like not going to go. Oh my God, it was so good. And it tasted like chocolate. And a lot of the smoothies have ingredients in them that I don't think I'm going to go buy at the store because I'll waste it or I don't know how to get it. But then it just gives you exactly what you need for one smoothie. And you end up having this really healthy, delicious smoothie that's more healthy and fun than what you're I'm just like boring and putting in the same banana every day. So I love that it spices it up. Wait, you like pesto because the pasta was pesto, right? You like pesto? I do. I, I do. And it's, okay. I'm not someone who has eaten pesto a lot, but so I was kind of, I was nervous at first and I was Hesitant. like, I'm not sure, but it was, it was really delicious. Okay. The portobello pesto flatbread. You should do that next. I'm That's my okay. Wreck. My wreck. It's yummy. I love flatbreads anyways. Oh, I'm so excited now because now <laughs> I want one of everything. Like now I want to try one of everything. Take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash TDD to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash TDD for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash TDD. Okay, so he went to prison for this misunderstanding. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. So he says. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And again, we have the parents backing up the whole thing. And they had backed it up with like, you know, the the newspapers that got wind of the story said he was uneducated, or they didn't graduate when he graduated early. Dude is actually super smart. So you're beefy and you're intelligent. Like, ooh. You're beefy and you're intelligent. <laughs> That's great. Yes. Beefy brains. <laughs> beefy and I can have a conversation. So I was the heaviest I had been in my entire existence. And I'm dating this very fit human being. So my next question, because I eventually feel safe with this person, is, hey, can you help me fix this? Because I'm uncomfortable. And I would like to feel pretty. And he goes, yeah, I'll train you. I was like, okay. And then like a couple days later, he's like, okay, I have dropped all of my clients and I am now focused on you. I was like, oh, that's a lot. What? Wait, yep. what? Doesn't he need money? That was what I asked. He gets a different job as a moving helper. Wait, how do you go okay. from personal trainer to move? Okay, it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. That's a lot. <laughs> 
I mean, it's nice that he responded in such a way that wasn't like pressuring you to change anything about yourself and just like helping you with goals, but to drop everything, to be like, this is my full-time job now. Like you are my full-time job. I mean, my husband should probably do that because I'm a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) How did that feel? I was like, that's a lot. I don't know how I feel with that much focus on me losing weight because weight has never been a comfortable topic for anybody that grew up in the 90s and early 2000s all of us have retained some scars from you know low hip huggers jesus christ i thought you were like emotional scars but you're right oh my god well also (laughs) like yeah going through that with a partner is a slippery slope because obviously you support each other but this person's Mm -hmm. a trainer and i yeah i can't imagine okay so you're feeling like a little overwhelmed i would imagine I was like, that's a lot, but I I kind of brush it off because I think it, my brain interpreted it as, I guess, over-enthusiasm rather than like a, hey, that's not okay. And we start doing workouts and I'm like, hey, nothing feels like it's changing. Can you kind of like lay out what I should be eating? This reminds me of Mean Girls where they give her that, where she gives her the, the snack bars that make you oh. gain weight. <laughs> yes. I keep eating these. It's just water weight. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so he lays out he kind of meal like plan for you. some generalizations and a calorie count. I was like, okay. So in this time frame, he checks in with me daily with the calorie count. I was like, okay. So this is just kind of like in my brain at this particular moment, it's holding me accountable. Outside of this aspect of our relationship, we are working on moving in because. I waited a little bit to see if the the moving helper was going to be steady because mm-hmm. I am a work 50 to 60 hours a week, get it done type person. And if you do not match my hustle, I, I cannot respect you as Damn a partner. Sure. Don't okay. let me outwork you. So that so he's proven that he works hard and yeah. you want to move in together. How long has it been that you've been dating? So we've now been dating for like six months at this point. Okay. And I was looking for a place anyway. So we move in and also have to set the stage that we are celibate. Because you both have the same religious. Because the religious values. Yeah. So like, and we discussed that it's still not a thing. Like we still do not, I don't know how to phrase that. We're waiting. But you're both on the but same page agree- and that's Yeah, what's you important. both agreed yeah. on it. You both agreed to it, yeah. Yes. And like, a month or so into this, I had dropped like 50 pounds. Good for you. Because I'm... Can I... hard to do. I'm curious. I have a question. Go for it. On, so you said you check in with him daily about your meal plan and your exercise, and he's big, a big part of this process. On times where you maybe slipped and weren't doing as well in the process, how did he respond to that? Not well. Like, did you feel like he was... Okay. Like, was he mad at you? Say more, say more. Yeah, like, so I was in immediate disappointment if I wasn't hitting a goal in weight for, like, the week. Mm. A calorie count per day. Like, it's it's gotten really intense as as time has gone forward. And, like, before we ever even moved in, I was like, I don't need the accountability at this point. Like, I've figured out this is what works for me. This is what I can eat per day. This is what we're doing for exercise. And he's still, he's like, no, I will be checking in with you. So that to me sounds like it's starting to be emotionally abusive. 
it is, but I am now in it. Yeah. And you started it in a way that was like, he's a trainer. These are my goals. Mm -hmm. They align. Mm -hmm. We're working together. Mm -hmm. I so like, like I made it his business at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it is interesting that he responded negatively when it wasn't because that affects your whole relationship. It's not like your fitness trainer who you're paying and then you leave. This is someone you're living with and seeing every day all the time. And you're valuing yourself based on how your relationship is going. That's hard. Exactly. And you produce the same amount of dopamine with a argument that you do with a happy moment. So it's really easy to get caught in this messed up cycle because That's you're such still... such an interesting statement too. Did you guys hear that? It's the same amount of dopamine. It's the same adrenaline. It's the same pump. I think that's why when you like fight, sometimes you feel like you love someone when it, even when it's toxic, because you're like, I feel so strongly about this person. I must have strong feelings for them. And Mm -hmm. it's hard to recognize when they're not those feelings. Yeah. So while we are having these intense check-ins, you know, general day-to-day isn't that bad, but like he started getting very nitpicky critical Mm. and like, I made breakfast every morning. I made his breakfast. And by the time I get his correct, something else would need to be done. Something else wasn't sufficient. Like there's a gradual just flicking a nerve on, hey, you're still not quite perfect. How are you? How are you feeling at that point? Because it's not like somebody said, I quote this in almost every episode. One of our guests was like, you can't see the The forest forest through the trees when all the... the trees are falling on you at once. Like it's hard to know what's going on, but I imagine- From Little like, Cop of where, Horrors, where, that's who said that. Yeah, that episode. Like where, what were you feeling at that point with him? Well, like I'm frustrated, but it's really hard to explain because I'm an insanely different human being than I was at that particular moment. But like, I did not like me. Yeah. So the critiques in my brain when he was saying them, while they sucked, and they hurt, and they were absolutely uncalled for, made sense. Like, my brain rationalized why it wasn't I get that. Quite, yeah, that's what I deserve. Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I probably, or maybe I did, or, and it just rationalized from there. And there are just enough happy in the middle of these to kind of cover it up. That's another great thing that you said. There's just enough happy to cover it up. Like, there's like, okay, but there are some good times, and it's rationalization. Exactly. Alex, the amount of people right now who are probably listening and going, oh, yes, I've so felt that is probably huge, just so you know. Like, I feel like what you just said is really powerful. As long as someone gets this info and kind of relates enough for them to to at least question a bad situation that they might be in, I'm down. That's our our whole thing. Preach. Yeah. Because it took me a whole therapist to try and figure out if it was me or not. (laughs) We always think it's us, don't we? Yeah. So one lovely thing about recording a podcast is that y'all can't see what I look like, so I can do it in my pajamas. Right now, I am doing the recording with a hair mask in. It actually doesn't look bad. It looks kind of like a sleek vibe, but I'm using pros and I've been using it for like a month at this point and I'm obsessed. I'm so excited that we get to have a, a little collab with them because pros is 
customized hair care that's made to order and made based on you and your hair. I have dry hair. I have kind of weirdly textured hair. I've honestly never been able to find anything that felt like the perfect fit. And I feel like this is my new like addiction. So basically how it works is they ask you questions. You know, they start by asking about your hair goals, whether you want hydration or volume or balancing your scalp, less shedding, pretty much anything. And they ask you a lot of questions, not just the basic, like, do you have dry hair or oily hair? Like very much in depth about everything that could be affecting your hair. So it's like an in-depth consultation. And then you tell them everything they need to know to kind of make a custom formula based on you. And I got shampoo and conditioner, you know, started with the basics, but I also wanted to do a hair mask because of my dryness. And I love it, it smells great, packaging is cute. And I feel like shinier and silkier in after just one use of it, I know I'm I I'm so honestly sharing this experience. This is very genuine. I'm like really excited about pros. Also, I know our producer Molly used pros and had a really great experience with them a while ago and was like, as soon as we saw them as a brand that we could work with, we were like, yes. So if you're not 100% positive, pros is the best hair care you've tried. They are really good about taking the products back, no questions asked, or working with you about figuring out what works better for you. So. You should try it. Honestly, I'm so excited about it. Custom made to order hair care with pros is the key to achieving all your hair goals this year. So you should take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash T-D-D. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash T-D-D for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. That's such a good offer. So what happened after that was going on? It was just kind of trucking forward. We get about to like nine months or so of dating. So three months of living together. Valentine's Day had passed. I had a date with a side of guilt. Anytime that we ever did interact in a physical adult fashion that did not include actual intercourse, mm-hmm. it would immediately be my fault that I tempted him into it. Oh my God. So annoying. And that would just be guilt and shame for the next week or so. I think that's common that people use, I mean, obviously respecting everybody's choice and what they're comfortable with, but I think it's... Yeah, I think it's more common than we think using those religious values to like shame people. So what happens next? Like after, how long does this go on for? Oh, we're building, like everything is happening all at once. It just starts stacking together. And I'm too focused on fixing the stuff that he's telling me that I'm messing up to see all of the stuff stacking at the same time. Like he's still counting my calories. And so I'm focused on trying really hard to be perfect at that and perfect in everything else. And while I'm distracted with all of that, he is slowly bringing in more control mechanism type things that I just couldn't see or understand at that point as like what they actually were. And we're going to tack on another one because we were also doing daily Bible study. And I had to read for X amount of time and then ask him questions about what I read that wasn't like that weren't Googleable. Oh my. Oh, wow. So he's like really controlling. 
like we have yeah looking back on it we got to a, a level so like obviously the whole focus of us dating is to reach to a point of marriage the living together was the experiment of if we can get along and he has decided that yeah he can deal with me as a wife so he goes online he buys a ring and like he basically decides that we're going to have sex and this is how we get married prior to an actual ceremony which is nuts and it was nuts at the time i just didn't feel comfortable enough saying that out loud can you wait clarify that so he was like we're gonna yeah. have sex and then have a wedding ceremony so we get into bed just to go to sleep and he starts making moves everything progresses sex happens and i was like you were very clear on waiting he's like no no in god's eyes we're married now because you had sex yes because we had sex so he's he's saying that the consummation made it le like legal in god's eyes yes slips on a rose gold band on my finger and he's like we're gonna get married and that was it. Like, that was the whole proposal. That Well, well, okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> what does he want? Yeah, that pretty much is like, uh, Where was okay. your... Okay. Yeah, were you like what? kind of numb at that point? A little bit, yeah. A, there was a level of shock and he had added a layer of urgency on top of it and was like, hey, I'm going to be getting married July 7th. I'm sorry, I am going to be... What? I'm going to get married either... It's going to be to you or to someone else, but you better be ready. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what is this guy? What? What a way to talk about things. And this is at this point been his gradual development. And you're like, so tied to this person now. Oh my goodness. Right? And That's I'm just so weird. Okay, this is weird. Did you just say like, okay, like, let's go. Do I get a dress or what, what do you mean? Like, do I get a white, like, what do you mean to wear? Like what happens? So I, I, I literally throw together a full-on backyard wedding in three months. Like, order the dress, do most of the decorations myself by hand. No one was there that I knew outside of my parents and my grandparents. But your family was part of it, and they knew him. And did anyone feel like he was bad news, or everyone was like, this is great. Happy for you. Yeah, that's a good question, Hannah. Like, was everyone like, girl, this guy is woohoo cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? My mom was a contentious spot in our relationship because she was dating a married man at the, at the time. Oh, <laughs> she's yeah. like, I ain't got no room to talk. I'm just going to sit here quiet. <laughs> okay, no, she, mama. she absolutely talked. What? what did she say? She was like, you know, if you want to back out, we can, you know, we can call this off right now. Cause like he had made it hard to see her. They didn't get along. They did not like each other. And to be fair, I don't have the greatest relationship with my mom. Mm. That's so me in, not, that's hard because it makes it easier for and him to isolate you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like he had basically said, you can't associate with this and he, be in a relationship. So he was telling you who you could and could me. not be around. I mean, the sh the list wasn't that Ugh. long to begin with, but I understood his point from like a religious standpoint. I was like, okay, that, yeah, yeah. no, I get it. And that, that conversation, mom, it is still my mom. And eventually it got to the point where I was like, look, 
that's my mom. And while I know her flaws, you're going to knock that shit off because that's my mom. Also, religiously, I mean, in a way, we're meant to love people. Like, she's not perfect. And for him to use, like, religion to be like, we we judge her feels kind of counterproductive. Well, it wasn't so much judgment as he was like... As he was like, there's an outlined passage here that says we don't associate with her until she acknowledges what she is doing is wrong. Hmm. Okay. So he's a bit literal with his interpretation. Very literal with his interpretation. Yeah, quite literal. (laughs) But she was the one that basically helped me facilitate the wedding. And that is how that happened is I told him to back up for a second and he did. At least long enough for us to go through the wedding. So we go through that. We do a honeymoon and the honeymoon got cut short. It was supposed to be for like four days and we get up there, we spend the night and he's like, I'm bored. We're going to go home. Excuse me? Like, pardonnez-moi? <laughs> what do you mean you're bored? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bore The audacity. You, <laughs> the audacity. Yeah, like. Especially after not having sex for the entire duration of your dating to say you're bored yeah. on your honeymoon is rude but now he had already gotten his so like it's not exciting anymore <laughs> i disagree <laughs> sex should be for him that's what i'm saying healthy. it seems like is because like he got his and like now he's like my honeymoon's no fun yeah or something. oh my god this guy must have been making you feel like dirt like i Am- hate yeah this. absolute hate this. shit yep okay and also who does he think he is like sir you just got out of prison you need to uh lighten it up because you don't have there's not a lot of women who would like probably date you so chill out i should have been one of those okay so you come home from your honeymoon early come home from the honeymoon early and we just go back to normal life but he like sets his focus on establishing a place to live and getting me pregnant. Oh, okay. Yeah. At the, but how were you feeling at that point? Like after your honeymoon and stuff, like how were you feeling? Like, were you like, this is fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. Or were you like, oh, this is so awful, but I want to get out. Like, what were you thinking? How were you feeling? So we're fighting on the way back because I'm pissed. Well, yeah. So like, don't get me wrong. Like I am disappointed in that fact. And I am just trying to get past it because sure. I've now started I've now started an existence with this human being. And in the back of my brain, I'm gonna work it out until it's good. I'm going to fix it until it's good because I have tied myself to this person and divorce is not what we are aiming for. Like we didn't go through all of this shit. We didn't get everything back in line. We didn't mm-hmm. pick an entire life up and move it to not be successful. So like the shame of failure is playing a major part. It also just feels so daunting to get out of a serious relationship once you've put that much time into it. Yeah, I think it's so, you just are like, how could I possibly not have this my whole life? When they they, they know they need to break up, but they're like, I can't possibly. So like, I am just trying to push through and it's one goal after another. So at least I have something to focus on. Like, all right, last three months, I was focused on getting a wedding together. All right. Next task is finding a place. Makes sense. Found a condo. And while we are not in the apartment and we aren't in the condo, we're staying at his parents' house. And every single day at that point, it's, hey, 
when are we going to have a baby? How are we working on this? Oh, that's, well, I mean, that's cute sometimes, but coming from him, I feel like that's not so cute. It feels like it's like him in his personal training where he's like, you're disappointing me because you haven't gotten pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And I started, I started to feel that way. Like I started to feel bad. I get pregnant like maybe a month later. Oh, okay. Quite quick. But again, we had that whole thing like just actively ticking. I'm now 28. In my brain, you know, you're supposed to have them before you're 30 and just going through all of the statistics that I'm supposed, like all the milestones I'm supposed to be hitting by this point. That you're supposed to be hitting. Ew. Yeah. I love being a woman. Right? All of the (laughs) dreams just planned out. I want to hear how you felt when you got pregnant. I wanted a family. And that can often make you ignore a lot of the issues in the relationship because you're just so looking forward to your family starting. Mm -hmm. And you're looking forward to the traditions and being able to make sure that you didn't repeat the stuff that you lived through. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you get so focused on that that you are not avoiding your own mistakes. So I'm excited that I'm going to have a kid because, again, in the back of my brain, he hasn't proven that he's completely useless. He does help out around (laughs) the house. We do rotate chores. He does bring in money. Okay. I can work with that. I've seen less effort. Sure. But I am glad that you found excitement in it. Like it was, it was, I'm glad that you were able to find a little excitement. Oh, I was excited. He was blase. <laughs> really? He, I was like, you really? have been asking me. Yeah. Like I have this one. Nothing is enough for this guy. success about what you have been asking me to technically get done. Like. I think he's an, a, an abusive narcissist and nothing will ever be enough for him. I think you would be correct. That's my unprofessional opinion. I am not qualified. Sounds professional enough to me. (laughs) I concur. (laughs) Would you believe me if I told you there was a podcast that was haunted? It's called Two Girls, One Ghost. LOL. It's hosted by Corinne and Sabrina. And they didn't want to believe it at first, but five years later and hundreds of encounters submitted by listeners later, they can no longer ignore that Two Girls, One Ghost is the most haunted podcast in America. We're talking ghosts, EVPs and episodes, spirits making contact with listeners, orbs darting through their YouTube videos. Those are just a few things that people have told them about after listening to their podcast. So they're paranormal enthusiasts. And I love this podcast because it sounds they have a similar dynamic to Mackenzie and me, I feel like, where it's like friends telling these stories. But theirs are the deepest, darkest, spookiest stories about the spookiest places in the world. And they deliver a lot of research, history and spine tingling tales If possessed kids crawling backwards up walls or campers entranced in fairy orgies and creatures chasing drivers down back roads is your thing, then go tune in to Two Girls, One Ghost wherever you listen to podcasts. It feels like a lot of people who listen to us probably like some ghost stories, so I think you'll like this too. New episodes are released every Thursday and Sunday, and now you can join Sabrina and Corinne every Tuesday on Patreon and share your own haunting tale live on their campfire stories. But be warned, this paranormal comedy podcast might induce a haunting or two, so listen at your own risk. So the calorie counting never stopped. Oh, man. Like those conversations did 
not cease. It's like my PTSD is coming up. <laughs> awful. I'm, I'm like, sorry. Awful. This I'm is awful. so sorry. Awful. Oh. While I am supposed to be gaining weight because I am making a yes, whole you're supposed other to change completely. <laughs> I'm creating a human, but it's fine. You know, he asked me how much I weighed daily, wow. and if it went up too much, he would find a reason for us to work out, which was terrifying for me because I was still terrified I was going to lose my kid. He's like taking away the excitement. Ew! And at this point, the alarm bells are going off, and I'm like. How am I going to get out of this for the first time? But I can't see a way out. And he is not allowing me to do any of the pregnancy things. No maternity shoot, no baby shower, like any of that stuff. Oh, I know those oh. are silly things. Like, but I really wanted. No, but that's a, it's a, it should be a celebration a of life. Time. And like in our faith at that point, the man controlled the finances and handled all of the things. So, like, I didn't get to do a nursery or, like, the whole nine of the things that you would want to do as a pregnant woman. Mm -hmm. I was barely allowed to get pregnancy clothes. And the only reason I think I was allowed to get maternity clothes was because I was still working and I had to at least have jeans I could fit in. This is also, like, when you don't give your body what you need, especially when you're pregnant... You are more tired, you have less energy, and you're mm -hmm. foggy. So that mm -hmm. gives him even more control and ability to manipulate yeah. you. I'm so sorry. God, I'm like breaking my teeth. So like we start to get towards the end of my pregnancy and I get preeclampsia. I had to be induced. And after talking to my doctor now, it was most likely due to stress. I I was induced a solid nine or 10 days before my due date. And I went to the hospital and he was there when like to drop me off. So he gets me to the hospital and he's like, I'm going to stay at home until something is actually happening. And I'm That's, like, this is terrifying. Uh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, I'd rather what you dick? be here because oh my, God. my mom's, my mom's in Texas. She's not due to be here for another five days. And you're terrified. And he's like, I'm just going to sit here and mind my business while you're dealing with that. Great. I'm going to go watch golf. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. So like my induction takes 72 hours the first time. Wow. They had given me a Pitocin drip on the highest setting they could. I was still not progressing 48 hours in. And they're like, hey, we're going to have to break your water. This sounds like my birth story. This is me with Ryan, 100%. I was in labor for really? like 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So they had to come in. They broke my water. So my water breaks, and I am now throwing up because of the level of pain that I'm in. <sighs> and I'm actively getting texts. No call. No te but texts going, hey, when is this happening? What time? Oh, and I was like, my That's God. not exactly how this works. Would you like me to time it for your schedule? You want me to send you a calendar invite so it works for you? Like this right. guy. And he has texted me. He's like, I had a dream. If you get the epidural, you're not going to survive and the baby's not going to survive. And I was like, mm, that's terrifying. Uh, oh that's, my God. Like, I'm like, I, did you like, I'm, I'm not in a place to hear read like process any of that they have already said 
I have put in danger because my blood pressure is too high. And I don't know why. He is awful. At a certain point, I'm like, nope, I'm in a hospital. If that baby's anything drops, they're cutting me open to get this kid out. I have to have one. I can't, like, my body can't do this anymore. We were were into day three at that point. I had already gotten, like, the labor shakes where your body's just, like, so damn tired. And it's just an adrenaline tremor. So I'm shaking for no reason. And I'm just tired. And I'm scared. And I'm like, nope, I have to, like, tap and get this. Like, there's not an option. Mm -hmm. So I get the epidural. I tell him I'm getting the epidural. And there's just radio silence. I'm so sorry. At this point, I don't know how to voice the... Because, like, I've already made the plea to my husband at this point. I'm like, I want you here. You know, well, I don't think it's a man's place to be in that delivery room, blah, 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 blah. Is it the medieval times? You're not the king. Like, he used a reference for the Bible, the birthing tent, for this specific cop-out. And he was sitting at home playing video games on his phone. So he thinks he's literally Abraham, like, just waiting for his baby to be born like it's just (laughs) my god yeah so we wait we deliver the baby and she takes about seven minutes which thank god because we had reached the end of that epidural actually functioning after my daughter has been born and you know we've done the skin to skin i i picked all of the stuff that was supposed to be healthy like we do the skin to skin and all that wonderful jazz so after the skin to skin and the first latch and God, it's a lot. And then once everything is done, he comes in and holds our daughter. So like due to protocol, because you can have a stroke after you've had preeclampsia a couple days later after giving birth, he is actively pushing for me to get out of the hospital. Like you need to come home. You need to make them let you leave. So I spend a few days in the hospital, not as long as I should, because he is telling me he wants me home. But I spend as many days as possible. So we get home and like the original discussion with, hey, how are we doing this? You know, in shifts, he's going to take the night stuff. I'll take the day stuff since he is working and I have maternity leave. Okay. Things that make sense, not a big deal. But as soon as I get home, he's not doing anything, not helping at all. Everything is just entirely on me. He's so supportive. Hate this guy, but whatever, it's fine. And I have postpartum anxiety and I'm just not doing well, but he isn't helping and he is still asking me about my weight. It has extra hormones that are getting added already into the cocktail of hormones that is your body because Mm -hmm. it had a baby, it doesn't have a baby. It's trying to heal a plate-sized hole in your abdomen. Uh And just everything at once. I eventually tell his mom because we go on morning walks because, you know, I'm supposed to be losing weight the moment I get out of the hospital. And I was like, dude, this is what your son is saying to me. And I need you to intervene because he has to respect somebody. And he seems to respect you the most, but like, I need help. And I need him to step up as a significant other. And I can't do this by myself. Like I am drowning. And eventually it gets to the point where she's just like, 
or you can't talk to me about this because it hurts my heart as a mother. You're not going to do anything to help me. You're just going to say, I don't want to hear it. Like that's. Yep. Like, no, this is, this Uh is your marriage and you need to work it out. Like, this is how it's set up. This is how husbands are. This is how men are. And I'm just like, there's no fucking way. His excuse for damn near everything, because like, Every time I've asked him to help, it's, I'm recovering from a job. If I don't get sleep, my body's not going to recover. I'm going to get injured. We won't be able to make any money. And the entire time I'm like, hey, you need to do skin to skin. You need to hold her. You need, you need to be participating because she needs to bond to you because I'm going to back to work. And on top of not helping with the baby, once she goes to sleep, he's like, hey, I realize you're still healing but you need to be performing your wifely duties. There's no reason like I shouldn't be actively serviced, even if it's not in that way. You're right. That's, that's fine. You're right. What a dumbass. You're fine. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. Cause I feel disgusting because A, I'm a first time mom and B, you know, every chance he gets, he's like, Hey, by the way, how's your calorie count? How are you doing this? Are you doing this? What's your weight? Like just actively telling me that he's not physically attracted to me in any opportunity he gets. And I'm just, I'm sad, I'm lonely, and I feel gross. So at this point, I'm just compliant because eventually it's got to get better. He has control of every last drop of the money and I don't have anywhere to go. Wow. God bless. I feel blatantly unsupported in every single sense well yeah and i'm just like i'm fucking sad eventually my maternity leave ends and i have to go back to work and that's when things really start to fall apart when i am at work for the most part his parents have our daughter but when it hits about seven o'clock they give our daughter back to him who he hasn't bonded with he doesn't know her cries he doesn't know the feeding schedule So he is texting me everything. He is asking me all of the questions like, where is this? What do I do with this? How do I do this? While I am at work and I am terrified. He'll ask and he'll ask like, hey, she's screaming. Do you know why? I'm like, I don't know. And I give him like a list of things that were suggestions. Because you're an idiot. And then he wouldn't tell me if she stopped crying or if she was okay or anything. It got to the point where I was begging his parents to keep him until I can come and keep her until I can come home. Because eventually he makes the statement, I'm just going to set her in her bassinet until you get home and she can cry herself to sleep. She's three months old. We're, we're, We're in a three hour time gap of when they drop her off to when I get home. And my brain is not focused. It was terrifying. Cause I'm like, she's gonna fucking I bet choke, it was. and you're never gonna know. I'm so sorry. You did not. You do not deserve to have to have a partner like this. So what? How long does that go on for? And then what happens? Like, how does that? How do you resolve that? It gets re- well. Resolution is is a <laughs> thin way of explaining it. I bet he's like, I'm not gonna take care of her. You need to put in your two weeks. And again, at the time, I didn't know how much of the income I was contributing to because I didn't have access to the bank so i put my two weeks in because he has now opened his own moving company and he now goes on jobs so as long as he is hitting x amount of jobs we should be able to financially be okay the day 
of like the last day of my two weeks. I go home and I take a pregnancy test and I'm like, damn. Great. It's positive because, you know, we get past the six weeks and we have to be performing that wifely duty thing. Yeah. And he does not believe in contraceptive. Oh, no. And I, I went home with a pack of birth control pills. I hid them and then felt too guilty about lying to him and taking them mm-hmm. that I stopped. My brain went, we now need to stall or take what little change we can get and start hiding that shit so we can get out. Because we've hit oh, a point so you, of lunacy. Yeah, we get hit the nope. Getting out of the marriage. We gotta get out of it. Whew, okay. But now I'm unemployed and I don't have health insurance, so I have to go on government assistance. And two or three months into me not having a job, we filed taxes. I looked at the W-2 that we had gotten. I realized how much of our income was based off of what I made. And I was like, oh, this is bad. I made 75% of the income. Oh, where's what is going on in his noggin? And the cost of living is going up. We're not making enough. And he's like, hey, we need to move. And I'm like, okay. You're meanwhile in the back trying to leave the marriage. I'm I'm in meanwhile in the back trying to survive long enough to leave the marriage. Like I'm not sleeping. I'm taking care of a at this point six month old kid entirely by myself. I'm making another kid. I hate this guy. I'm still having to do absolutely everything I was originally supposed to be doing in those moments. And I'm still not living up. And I'm just an empty husk at this point. So when he suggests moving to a different state that has lower cost of living, I'm like, I'm not moving somewhere I don't have family, which is where my dad is. And dad has now seen a good chunk of this unfold. And he has done his best to hold his tongue. But when Jacob leaves a solid week ahead of me and now the two babies. So like, A, when we were moving out of our condo, the day he said to pack was the same day I had to check up. I was preeclamptic again. I needed to be induced. He said, I planned that. Ugh, you planned like, it. You okay, good. Good for you. Your fault again. Right? And he's like, you did this to get out of moving the stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I'm nine. Good for you. Fucking months pregnant, dude. You have a literal moving company. That's your job. Move the shit. Exactly. So that birth only took 48 hours. Okay. So now we have the babies, two babies coming home and you're supposed to be moving. Yep. My dad comes up to fly with me. So I am not transporting, you know, an 18 month old and a one month old by myself. We get to the house and dad's house. A couple weeks go by and he finally goes, I don't know why you are still in this relationship when you are doing all of the things. Like, I don't know what you're scared of about being a single parent because you're already there. Interesting. And I was like, I don't know if you noticed this, dad, but I don't have any money. I don't have the ability to get money. I don't have the means or the, and he goes, I'll pay for it. Good. Thank you, dad. And it takes me like another month or so to like finally take in that A, that's an option and B, that it's an option that I'm, I'm going to try and take. Jacob is just getting more and more angry. 
starting more and more fights, accusing me of getting between him and God and telling me that he would kill me and the kids before he lets that happen. And I'm honestly just terrified at this point. I am in therapy at this point. My father is paying for my therapy. So to be very clear, if I didn't have help, this would have been a significantly longer process. I am extremely grateful for the help that I got. Heck yeah. So yeah, and the initial visit for the therapist was, hey, I can't tell if I am postpartum sad or if I exist in a bad marriage sad because I've been gaslit so much that I can't, like my brain's nope. Logically, looking back at it, going, you know, lining up the events, you can absolutely see it's not me. Right. Swimming in it in survival mode, you cannot figure out where North is. No. And I hope you don't feel it's hard. It's hard. I know everyone that comes on talks about the shame that they feel, but it's exactly that. Like you can't, you don't have the same clear vision and control Mm -hmm. when you're in the middle of it. And they are good at what they do. Yeah. And while I was trying to see if I wasn't crazy, I start recording some of the arguments and I'm sending it to my best friend. I'm like, hey, I need you to listen to this and see if I am the ass because I can't tell. And B, I need you to have these in case something fucked up happens. Mm -hmm. And she goes, have you run a background check on him? Uh Oh, I was like, no. Because I'm an idiot. You never. <laughs> no, you just didn't think to. She runs a background check. And she's like, did you know he has a felony kidnapping charge? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, I kind of understand that situation. And she's like, do you realize he had a gun in the car? I was like, no, I did not. Come to find out this 17-year-old had broken up with him. And he decided that if he could get her in the car and just talk to her, that he could change her mind. So he really did kidnap her. Yeah. He legitimately kidnapped her. (gasps) At gunpoint after saying that he was going to kill her family if she didn't get in the car. Oh my God. There was an Amber Alert and there is exactly one article and it is from the perspective of the trucker that caught them. How how did the trucker catch them? The trucker had seen the Amber Alert and... He happened He happened on them on the interstate, and he noticed that, you know, when they got off to get gas, and he was also apparently refueling, that she was acting really scared, and he was acting like the dickhole that he is. <laughs> you know, he saw the Amber Alert, compared the license plate, and went, oh, shit. Yeah. That's the car that. everyone's looking for. And that's how they got caught. That's how he got caught. Yep. Calls it in, subtly follows them as he is holding the gun to her while he's while she's driving. Oh, my God. Wow. Because we'll see a lot of times they're like, oh, he was 18 and she was 16 or whatever. And it was fine. Like, they're just so close in age and they whatever. And you write it off, but you don't realize that this really does happen, even though they're close in age. Yeah. What? That's why I will always believe a girl when she says that. I will always believe her. What went through your head when you found out that's really what happened like how did you feel like everything was a lie like and his parents told you the story too like how did you feel the level of distrust that we hit so goddamn quick I was like I can't trust not one of these people no and I was like every single one of them gaslit me into thinking that she was the problem 
and I know better. Like because they wanted to they wanted to help him. They wanted to back him up. Not my boy. Uh, he couldn't have done that. That's crazy. You're an enabling a 30 something year old man now. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. As and a risking parent. the life of another woman and now children. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so you find out that this was all a lie, basically. Yep. And that he's dangerous beyond He's legitimately terrifying. What a fuck stick. I hate that guy. So that is the final straw. And I decide it's time to really get out of this. So this is complicated because we're still in dad's house. Everybody is still in dad's house. So we have to execute this very, very specifically in order to keep everyone safe. Yeah. So how did you get out? Like, what did you do to get out then? We're done. We're leaving. So I plan a visit to send my kids to the state where my mom lives to spend some time with her and get them out of the situation. Okay. Because I also have to have a conference with a lawyer now. Yeah. Like to get things rolling. And I clearly cannot do that while he knows I should be at home. He has the vehicle, all the, like all of the staples. Right, right, right. So I have the initial conference with the lawyer over the phone. And like both of my parents know this is what we're working towards. Mm -hmm. So my dad's walking on eggshells in his own house to try and keep the peace until we can do something about this. The moment I set up the meeting with the lawyer, I also started applying to jobs. And I got a job by the time I physically meet the lawyer. Amazing. The first meeting after the, hey, are you going to take my case meeting? Hey, are you scared for your children and yourself? Like, are you scared for their safety? I was like, absolutely. Hell yes. They have him removed within 72 hours. I made an excuse to like take the kids on a drive. I don't even remember what it was. But like. This is so hard. They're like, hey, you know, we're going to be here. Leave. I pick up the kids. We get into the car. I get on like the, I just get on the highway and just drive until the police officer that is removing him calls me back, says, hey, you can come back to the house. You're safe everything's okay. So we get through the divorce. And of course, he fights me on custody hard of kids he never bothered to take care of in the first place. Eventually, I do get full custody. But in the interim, while it's all getting figured out, he has every other weekend, Thursday through Sunday, his parents have now moved here, gotten a duplex, and Jacob and his parents now live in the same duplex. They share a wall. Part of me at first is like, okay, at least his parents are involved, but it's like, I don't trust them at all. I don't trust them at all. Are you kidding? The mama was over there like uh, telling on the, no, she was telling on Alex for the weight. No, that I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. And I'm not very Mm -mm. strong. Hmm. I find out he has moved someone into the duplex. And this is after you've gotten divorced and you're like, after we've gotten divorced, but the divorce decree he put in. He was super specific about it, that no persons of the same or different gender shall spend the night or live with either kids person while the kids are there. He moves Sharon in. Sharon had come up in our relationship once or twice. And Who's Sharon? Sharon is someone he met in an online game. They had a brief relationship. When was that? When did they have their gaming relationship? 
Jesus. Before we had ours, but okay. Sharon would pop up every so often. And this is when I find out that Sharon and Jacob actually never stopped seeing each other and were together the entire time that Jacob and I were dating, married, having kids. They were in an on again, off again relationship that entire time. And Sharon cannot have kids. So this is when Jacob also says to me, during all of this custody stuff, when I'm obviously fighting hard for full custody, that the only reason he was ever with me was so that I could give him kids that him and Sharon could raise. He's like, that's fine. We'll find somebody else to have our kid. I was like, I'm sorry, what? He wanted you to have the babies because he wanted the, he had a relationship with Sharon and they wanted a baby and they wanted you to just donate your baby. Yes. The entire time this was transpiring behind my back, even during the marriage. Wait, really? Yeah. That's why he was pressuring you to have a baby. And that's why he like, didn't care about you. So Sharon could have a baby. Ew. I know. I'm like, recap. Jacob has somebody that he wants to be with while so he's with he you. just wants her to be the don't like he just thinks you're gonna just like give up your baby wow what this a story. is my head is spinning so yeah so you get custody thank god is that the end do you have like an update so now on- you have full custody and what now so long story short i get full custody and he is living with sharon until he has decided that he no longer wants sharon and has found a wife in the Philippines. So he puts in there that- Hang on, I know it's nuts because he's nuts. So from what he said and his lawyer said, he moved to the Philippines and hasn't seen or contacted either one of the kids since last February. Okay, fine. Stay stay the hell away from me. Bye. Okay, fine. I'm about to say, but he stays away from the kids. And I think that's where we're just going to live. And the only reason I haven't pursued to alter his parental rights is because we put in a clause in that statement that if he ever came back to the U.S. and tried to contact the kids, he would immediately owe every cent of back child support as it was set prior to that agreement. Good. Hold it over his head for the rest of his damn life. he's not coming anywhere near them. Not coming in. He's not coming near them. Like, I feel really bad for the kids, but also like, so there's an, it, there's a situation where you have to think of like, oh, you got to teach the kids compassion and they, that's their dad. So like, obviously they are entitled to know their dad. Right. But there's also a matter of safety and I don't give a shit about entitlement. I don't give a shit about yeah. teaching them compassion. You will absolutely be safe before I give a shit about compassion. And yeah, you have else. to look out care. for yourself first. You don't, you don't let your compassion come before your self-respect nope. and protection you can teach compassion from a distance you can teach that you can teach you no you can do that from a distance they don't have to see him to no we're going to keep them safe good for you mom what your job is your job is to be a good mom and to support them and love them exactly where they are and when they ask questions yep. you can answer them however you see fit but for right now mm-hmm. they are safe they are in their mama's arms who love them and take care of them and that's it that's and all you that got them out of a bad situation yep that's it. That's all. I don't care about anything else right now. I don't care that, oh, they deserve time with their dad. Sure, they absolutely do. But he obviously screwed that. He screwed the pooch on that one. So let's just, you know, keep them safe for now. Yeah, 100%. That's that at that point, that was it. That was it was literally just a go away. They stay here, period. 
Mm-hmm. How long has it been since that? So that's been a year now, right? It'll be a year in February. Yep. And where wow. are you now? Like, how are, are you, you dating or like talking to anybody? Or are you just single mom? And I mean, dating as a single mom is a bitch. And we are in fuckboy central. <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. Amen, sister. That you're not like, wrong, but how how are you feeling about everything? Like, are you over him? Do you still have feelings of like sadness for him, or are you just like just doing not a drop, thing and not a, a goddamn drop, absolutely not. No, absolutely like my not. kids are my button. I apparently have absolutely zero self preservation. But the moment you're interfering with their happiness, no, I'm good. Bye. We're done here. Yep. That's it. Yep. That's the one thing you mess with my kid. I'm done. Like I will shut down completely, and that's it. And apparently, he reached that point. Well, wow, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know so I know so many of our listeners are going to really really relate to this and they're just yes. going to be so grateful that you shared this. So thank you so much. And you like yeah, I mean the the you've described a really clear picture of emotional abuse and manipulation that mm-hmm. I I know we mentioned it earlier and I know it's really hard but like that shame as hard as it is to live with you're not alone. And I'm sure you've heard that. I hope you've heard that. And I hope maybe telling the story has felt like you can go through it and recognize what happened to you in that. This guy's a dog. You're not to an the idiot. Max. Like we're, yeah. we're done. He's done. We're oh done. my God. Lying about the, what he went to prison for and Sharon. And I'm like, still I can't. Spinning. We're done with him. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to we're going to need some updates from you, Alex. Like we're going to need some updates. If you find a man, we're going to need some updates on (laughs) just whatever, like whatever comes in your life. We would love for you to stay in touch with us because I'm just so invested in the story and I'm just so grateful that you shared it. Thank you so much for sharing this so that other women feel so much less alone. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. If it fixes anybody having that question, like by all means. If, if there's ever a moment someone is going, hmm, is it me? It's probably not. You're probably rationalizing. It's probably not. Absolutely right. <laughs> and, and it's okay to question it. This is awful. How bad? Like... I, yeah, head spinning. I had a lot of moments in this story that I had to like catch up where I was like, wait, 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 wait. He, he's doing what? Like he's been cheating the whole time. And like, I was so focused on the, the arrest. I was sure that the arrest whole thing was going to be a lie, but then to also find out that he was wanting her to just make a baby that he could raise with somebody else. So that he could raise with another person like that couldn't have babies. That's weird. So it was the armed kidnapping, which his parents also supported, like the lie. They should all be in jail. For real. And then cheating and then using her like a freaking handmaid to just make him a little baby. That's so disgusting. Like, how do you even? I was so sad when she was talking about being in the hospital and him just being like scum of the earth, the least supportive partner I've ever heard. That was just, and that's, I think that for me, like that broke my heart because if you've like, there's a lot of mamas out there, like, you know, that you need a little bit of support. And when you just have none from the one person who like, this is the other, the other have the other parent, like it's to have them not, it's heartbreaking. And then tore me apart to do it in like the name of religion and to be like, yeah, Yeah. God like doesn't want me there or whatever is so unfair to her. 
and so unfair to everybody. I bet your mom would have some things to say to him. He's rotten. He's he's freaking rotten. I felt for her so much, and I also could feel that it was a hard story to share. So thank you again for coming on and sharing because this kind of thing happens more than we want. I'm just glad that she was able to get to a place where she just has her babies and then he can go away forever. And her dad supporting her. Yeah, I think you just have to try to look at your children as blessings and be grateful that it's not worse than it could have been. And Mm -hmm. I love how many, we've had some great guests who are mothers who have expressed that where they're just like, yeah, I got my kids out of this. Like, that's a beautiful thing. Every one of them are like, I would do it again just to get my babies. (sighs) So I would go through every horrible thing again in my life if it meant I could have my son. Like I absolutely, Mm. a million times I love Ryan. He's such a good boy. I love him. Yeah, your son is also a perfect man. Like he is already, he seems 40. Like he's so- polite and, and responsible he's very and respectful. I don't know if you guys, you guys have seen that like I've done makeup videos with using him as my model like he has like you know he's I, like, just, d- and he, he is so secure in his masculinity I love it it's so funny that the girls are gonna or anyone whoever he loves is gonna be all over him he is a perfect little yeah. boy and he's he's only nine well he's secure in general you did that you've made him realize that he has the right to be a lot of times that's the one thing that keeps us going is that our, it's our kids and so for her like Although there was a lot that came with it. She she got her babies and she's like, that's all I care about. Just go away. I got my babies. That's and all I want. go. Goodbye. Also, the point she made kind of reminded me of other stories I've heard of, including yours, of when you have a newborn, that's your world. And it mm-hmm. becomes sometimes harder to put yourself first, put your relationship first. Mm-hmm. So she was kind of able to look away from maybe some of the treatment that wasn't what she wanted from her partner, just because yeah. it's like, that's not my world right now. My world is this child. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Crazy. shared some of her story on Patreon before y'all. You should go listen. You to guys got it. And if you're not on the Patreon, y'all got to get on the Patreon. It's, it's, it's a good for $5 a month. You get, you get a lot over on the Patreon. Like you, you we share our guts over on the Patreon. So yeah. just join the Patreon. Dating Detect is unfiltered. <laughs> it's it true. Really we is. literally edit less. Like there's just nothing filtered about it. So it's fun. And uh, also now I'm transitioning seamlessly into all the other places that you can check out the Dating Detectives on our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. It's at Dating Detectives Podcast. And we always want to hear from you. If you have a story, if you have thoughts, our email is, do you know it? You know it, Mackenzie? Yes, I do. It's investigate at the dating detectives podcast.com. <laughs> right? Oh, Is that right? Wow. Yes. That was finally? standing ovation. Yes. Finally. <laughs> I got it. it. <laughs> I feel like I was solving the puzzle on Wheel of Fortune and you got to make sure you say every word right or they'll be like, no, I'm sorry. That's wrong. It's, yeah. Like, <laughs> No, you nailed it. You won. And, um, and our website is the dating detectives podcast.com, right? That's, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The dating detectives po- And also, you guys, go on wherever you listen to your podcast and will you please give us a five-star review because it makes us feel special. <laughs> <laughs> it just helps get more people to listen, so we appreciate it. But in yeah, general, we and just love hearing your thoughts, so comment, we really tell do. us everything. Yes, thank you so much. Let us know how we're doing, but we we really do appreciate the five-star reviews because that it really helps our podcast. So thank you so much. We're we're so grateful for you guys. And share us on your socials too. Like, don't be afraid to share us or tag us. Yeah. 
And it's, oh, man, we got some stuff coming up. That's going to be fun. This is going to be a good year. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Oh, I love you. I'm excited to see you soon. Hopefully soon. Wink, wink. That's all I'll maybe say. Maybe some live shows, maybe possibly. All right. Okay. You said it. There you go. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Possibly. Like, maybe. I don't know. That's what some podcasts do. We don't know. We don't know anything. Maybe yet. if we, Not like, now. get a bunch of five-star reviews and people see that it's a good thing, maybe we'll just come all over the country. That's something. Maybe if you were on the Patreon also, you would know more information. <laughs> I feel like we're shaming people. <laughs> Fine. We are Patreon shaming. marketing. <laughs> no, we're totally, no, seriously though, we, we've, well, it's just because we've been getting so much good feedback from our Patreoners. So anyways, we appreciate whether you, like, we just appreciate you listening. That means a lot to us. So thank you so much. We love you guys. And as always, trust your intuition. Bye. Bye.